I'm tearing up. <laughs> it's just about hate. screamed right now, but I'm not even there. <laughs> now that's inspirational, Natalie. <laughs> I feel inspired today. Part two I, of I, this. Can, I could be here for another hour. <laughs> no. I always go, he winds up homeless on the street. It's my fault. <laughs> I don't know what got into my head, but I thought, I thought this thought, you know, if I'm working year-round, I might as well get paid year-round. <laughs> Sweet Talk is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education and Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and subscribe today. Now, it's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sweet Talk, our weekly podcast here at Continuing Education Workforce Training at Idaho State University. As always, I'm your host, Paul Dickey. Along with me today is our co-host, Gary Salazar, the Director of Continuing Education Workforce Training. How are you doing today, Gary? I'm doing great, Paul. Thank you very much. And we have another co-host on today uh, joining us as well. Raylan Price, our uh, uh, health programs coordinator here in Sweet. She's going to be with us as well. Uh, along with our very special guest. But it's nice of you to get us started, Paul. Thank you very much. Oh, you are welcome, Gary, as always. Hey, Ray Lynn, it's nice to see you today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for asking. Great. And Raylan is here with us today because our special guest is health-related. Raylan, would you like to introduce our guest today? I'd be honored. So today we have with us Jen Briggs. She is a registered nurse and she is a clinical instructor here at Idaho State University in the College of um, Technology Practical Nursing Program. And so I just want to introduce her and let her tell us just a little bit about what her role is here at the College of Tech. Hi everybody, thank you for having me today. Um, So as mentioned, I'm Jen Briggs. I am a registered nurse. I have been a registered nurse for 25 years and have been here at ISU for 11 of those years now, um, teaching in the practical nursing program. And in the practical nursing program, I teach uh, medical surgical nursing, which is care of adult patients in the hospital. And then I also teach a leadership course for our practical nursing students in the summer. And I also have the joy of being able to go out to the clinical sites and teach the students in our hospitals and area nursing homes as well. Wow. That's, that's, that's pretty that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps me very busy. Well, she was, you've been, you've been RN for 25 years, but 11 years here. What, what were you doing as well before you came to ISU? Yeah, so Gary, I um, graduated from Idaho State University with my bachelor's degree in 1997. And at that point, I actually started working at uh, what was then Bannock Memorial Hospital. Now it's Portneuf, of course. And I worked there as a nurse on the surgical unit. Um, I was a staff nurse, I was a charge nurse, I was what they call a clinical lead, which is kind of like an assistant manager, and I was actually the manager for um, three years there as well. So that took me for about 12 years there at the hospital, and then I decided I wanted to spread my wings a little bit, and I went to Boise, and I worked at St. Luke's, their downtown hospital on their orthopedic neuro unit. And I did that for two years while I was finishing up my master's degree. 
once I finished my master's degree, um, I decided I wanted again another change. And so after interviewing at several colleges, I decided I wanted to come home to Pocatello and I got the job here at ISU. Wow, that, that's a great circuit. Well done. I, and that's a ton of experience. You, you, you're exceptionally qualified to be teaching for us. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. You know, and in addition, um, up until from 2012 until 2020, I would also travel down to Twin Falls and work on their acute inpatient rehabilitation unit as well. Mm -hmm. So just another area to put in my um, binder of skills. Yeah. Oh, that's that's very very great. Thank you very much, and, and I'll echo uh, Raylan. You know, thank you for joining us here today. It's 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 a very special thing when you have somebody from within the College of Technology come on and, and talk about you know what she does and her program. Now those are very special times. We like having those as well. So appreciate you being here and making the time to join us. Of course, thank you for having me. I I, I have one question about your program. Uh, you do so much in it. Uh, Jen, how many students are there in practical nursing, in the practical nursing program? Yes, so that number actually varies from year to year. When I first came to ISU, we were at our maximum capacity of 40 students here in Pocatello. Um, and we actually do have uh, distance sites. Um, we started off with a group down in Bear Lake, and we, we usually have about four students there, maybe five. So a total of about 44, 45 students. Now we actually, due to some of our clinical placement issues, we um, generally like to have 32 here in Pocatello. Currently we have 16. So the um, pandemic I think has affected us in that way. But our distant sites have continued to grow. In addition to having a group down at Bear Lake Memorial Hospital in Montpelier, we added uh, Oneida County Hospital down in Milad. And okay. we usually have two to three students there. Maximum is three there because they're a very small hospital. We have up to five students in Preston at Franklin County Hospital. And we used to be able to use Caribou Memorial in Soda Springs, but we lost our instructor there and they also shut down parts of their hospital. So we no longer have any students there. So even though we have 16 students here this year, we have seven students coming from our various uh, distance sites. Wow. And yeah, it's great. That's pretty spread out across our region, the southeastern region here. So mm -hmm. that's cool that you can track and help out all those different counties. Very, very nice. Yeah. So I have a question, Jen. When in those other um, areas, do you have classrooms set up or do they zoom into the classroom here? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question, Raylan. So the way that works is they do have a classroom set up in their hospital. That is part of our agreement with that hospital. And so the students are expected to go to class in their designated classroom at their facility. And at the same time, they are actually in that classroom, they are Zooming in with us. Okay. Um, so that allows us to have them be in the facility, listening in real time to our Zoom class. 
So they're on at the same time that our students are here in class, but they also have um, a faculty member plus all the other nurses there that can help guide them or clarify any information um, right there on site, which is very much more helpful than having them spread out in their various homes. Very good. So I'm assuming then they each have kind of a clinical area set up in those classrooms. As well. Yes. So each hospital also has a little uh, lab where the students will learn and practice their nursing skills. And then they also do their clinical rotations at that hospital. So these students don't have to travel very much. We ask them to come up and see us a couple of times a semester, maybe. But for the most part, they can get their um, LPN certificate while being able to stay in their community. Very good. So another question for you, Jen, and this is mostly for our listeners. How long is that LPN program and what are the requirements to be able to apply and get into the program? So our the LPN program itself is an 11-month program. We have our applications open in October, um, October, November each year, and they close in February. And then those students who are admitted will start classes in August. So we go August um, through usually the second week of July the following year. So two full semesters, the summer last summer semester is an eight week uh, semester for them. Um, for students who are wanting to get into the program, we actually have very few prerequisites. We ask them to complete a dosage calculation course through your workforce training that was developed by you guys, which is great. We have them take English 1101, just because it's very important as nurses to be able to communicate in writing. We have them take anatomy and physiology, and there are several different anatomy and physiology courses that we will accept. And I cannot remember the other one. <laughs> so if there was a high school student, they were a senior and they knew that they wanted to go into nursing, could they apply their senior year in that October, November, and actually then enter into the program in the fall? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I have at least one student that I'm aware of that did just that. Okay. Because we do have a another requirement that you must be a CNA in order to apply to our program, uh, we find that students will be able to take that CNA class while they're in high school, either as a junior or a senior. They um, can dual enroll in the English course. They can dual enroll in one of the anatomy and physiology courses. Um, library science, LLIB 115 research. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, that they're not able to dual enroll in, but it's something that they can take over the summer because we do a conditional acceptance. Um, as long as they have everything done by August, even if they're taking that course in the summer after all the application period is over, um, we will let them start. Okay, very nice. That gives um, somebody really a head, you know, a head start. Mm -hmm. If they know that they want to become a nurse and they can just jump right in and do that LPN program and then do the bridge. So that's very nice, yeah. Yes. Excellent, Paul, do you have a question? Yeah, so um, I, I've heard, um, you know, it's in the news recently that um, we're um, 
nationally, there's a nursing shortage. Is that something that we're seeing in Idaho as well? Yes, we are. Um, Idaho is definitely not immune to the forces that have been shaping our lives over the past two years. As a matter of fact, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just watching a uh, webinar today about the nursing shortage and what we as nurses and educators can do about it. Um, so yes, right now we are projecting that we will have a nursing shortage um, over the next, well, we're currently in one, let's be honest. We are currently in a nursing shortage and it is not projected to get better even though our nursing school enrollment numbers are going up. Uh, mostly because the median age of nurses is 51 years of age. So that's getting um, a lot of people out for retirement. But, you know, the, the issues we've had for the last two years with COVID, with people being so sick, with hospitals being so full of patients who are extremely ill, and sometimes they do pass away, and it's been very, very traumatic for nursing. And so we are finding that nurses um, have left the profession. Whether or not they'll come back or not is anybody's guess at this point. And we're not positive that we're going to be able to have enough graduates to replace them, even though our projected numbers for graduating nurses is actually, the line just keeps going up, but we just don't know what's going to fill in who's leaving. So to kind of counteract this uh, shortage of nurses, are um, any of the hospitals creating any sort of incentives to get nursing ner people to take nursing programs or to hire nurses currently? Um, yes. So we are seeing that nursing wages are increasing because that has been one of the drivers for nurses leaving the bedside is that a lot of nurses love to take travel positions. And we've always known that travel nurses get paid more. Um, so they are leaving for that. We, um, so we're seeing that they're increasing those wages. They're also, particularly I know here at Pocatello at Portneuf, they're offering other incentives. Um, they are actually trying to increase the tuition reimbursement. So if they have employees who are in school, uh, maybe a CNA who's getting their LPN or RN, or maybe an RN who's getting an advanced degree, that they are helping those nurses pay for their schooling so that they can keep them for um, a longer amount of time and create some loyalty there. Um, they're trying to do uh, recruitment bonuses and sign-on bonuses. But I think just as importantly, and maybe even more importantly, they're doing things to try to keep the nurses that they have. Um, you can keep filling up a bucket, but if it has a hole in the bottom, you're never going to get to that top, right? And that's a lot of what we're seeing in nursing. And so, you know, they're doing things like, in addition to helping with tuition reimbursement, um, they are doing bonuses every year. So on your date of hire, your anniversary, you're getting a bonus in addition to maybe your raise. Um, they are, for new graduates, they're paying for their NCLEX, which is the uh, national exam to become a nurse. So they, they are starting to make some changes and to work on it. And um, hopefully we'll see that we'll stop losing some nurses. Excellent, excellent. Now, yeah. um, I was told that you had uh, received some uh, awards recently. Can you talk to us about that? 
Oh my goodness. Um, yes, I am honestly so massively embarrassed by this. <laughs> um, people keep talking to me about it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just really embarrassed. Um, so I was nominated by our department chair for one of the distinguished faculty awards for the entire university in teaching. And so um, as they do that, they identify five master teachers and of those five, they will pick one to be the distinguished faculty. I am not the distinguished faculty, but I was identified as one of those five master teachers here at Idaho State University. And then in addition to that, I was nominated for an outstanding faculty award here at the College of Technology um, for teaching. And I did uh, receive that award as well. Wow. That doesn't surprise me at all, actually. When I see you over there busy and preparing for classes and trying, you know, to find innovative ways to teach your students, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, that is, that is so cool to hear, uh, Jen. And, and, and I can appreciate your being embarrassed, but my goodness, for somebody to recognize a peer and say, this is a master teacher. I mean, what a great thing to have in your faculty. I mean, that shows fantastic leadership in the classroom. That shows that you're making, you're making it count with our students. Uh, that is something to be very, very proud of, lady. You've done well. Congratulations on that. That is such a cool thing. Yeah. Well, thank you. My attitude pretty much is I come to work and do my job. So... <laughs> Okay, so so you're you're very low key as well, and not a nice thing, and that means you're very approachable too. So another real positive thing for terrific terrific faculty, you know, they're, they're easily approachable, accessible to their students. They do a great job. You know, the recognition you get from this, uh, it's, it sounds like it's very well deserved. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but the, I've got one more question here, and, and I I just got to ask this: you you have done so much. You got this long career going on. You're you're teaching in the classroom. What is your regular day like? I mean, are you busy all the time? Do you have time to go to lunch? I mean, do you sleep here? What's going on? What does your day look like? Um, it honestly depends. I can tell you the last two years I was here all the time. It felt like I slept here. As a matter of fact, I didn't even get a summer break last year. I was on contract during everybody else's break. Um, but you know, this, this year has kind of gone back to normal. So I would say, you know, my typical day is going to depend on whether or not I'm teaching that day, if I'm in a clinical that day, or if I'm at my desk and grading that day. So on, say, Mondays for most of the year, I come in, I make sure that everything is ready for my lecture for medical surgical nursing. Um, if I have any activities planned, I've got those ready to go. I go and teach for an hour and a half, field students' questions, hopefully help clarify anything. Um, and then head back to my desk where I may eat lunch. I may go somewhere else to eat lunch. Um, I eat lunch uh -huh. at my desk a lot though. Um, and really, you know, grade, keep up on my um, reading. Do I need to do some research for anything that might be new coming up in the topics that I'm discussing with the patient, students, not the patients. Um, you know, and then if I'm with clinical with the students, I'm right there with them at 5.30 a.m., 4.30 a.m., getting them set up for clinicals and spending my day with them, checking on them, teaching them, making sure that they are um, learning and feeling safe while they learn. Incredible. Incredible schedule. Wow, that, that's so cool. You know, hearing this story, you know, we get 
we get feedback now and then from people who ask questions about or say, hey, this was a wonderful podcast. If somebody wanted to talk to you, they, they're hearing or they're watching this podcast and go, I want to learn more about what Jen does, or I want to learn more about the program. Is there a way that they could reach out and contact you or what would be the best way for them to find that information? Oh, absolutely. So um, I'm pretty attached to my email. I think that really makes me a typical Gen Xer um, <laughs> rather than being attached to my phone and my text messages. So Jennifer Briggs at isu.edu um, is a great way to get a hold of me. My phone number is 208-282-2830. And um, that is also a way to get a hold of me. If cool. someone wanted information just about the nursing program itself, our administrative assistant, Tashina Hunsaker, is fabulous. And she can be reached at 208-282-2864. Excellent. Excellent. And, oh, and Jen is right. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, you go ahead, Gary, and then I will pop in. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, uh, Tashina is awesome. What a great person to have in there. Go ahead. Go ahead, Raylan. Oh, I was just going to say just um, to briefly end with, what would you say to those who wanted to enter into the LPN program? What would be the advantage of entering into the LPN program versus entering into the BSN program, for instance, like doing two years of undergrad and then moving into the BSN program? If you could maybe just quick address that. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to have any way that I uh, perceive that I'm against the BSN program because I graduated from our BSN program here at ISU. And it's a great path for those for whom it works. But, you know, going through um, a career ladder where you do your CNA, um, come to us and spend 12 months 11 months doing the LPN program. One, you're working as a CNA, getting experience, earning CNA wages as well, um, which may or may not match McDonald's these days. Um, <laughs> but you're getting that valuable experience. And then we find that students can go out and work as licensed practical nurses in the community, whether it be a hospital, a clinic, an urgent care, home health. And for some people, this is a great break and a time to maybe um, do some other things in their lives, often with family, and be able, this, it's a natural breaking point. And then be able to transition into our bridge program, our associate degree registered nurse program, which is a year of prerequisites and then a year of classes. It is 12 months. And so for students who choose to go through this career ladder, they're working on their RN while they're working as an LPN, earning LPN wages, again, which are better than CNA wages, um, and getting LPN experience, which will translate to the ADRN nursing program. And at that point, our students can dual enroll in the ADRN program and the School of Nursing's baccalaureate completion program. And we find that students will um, usually taken one more semester after completing the ADRN program, one more semester and they have their bachelor's. So it's still about a four year period if someone goes straight through. Um, as opposed to someone who goes straight through with the BSN program, two years of undergraduate, two years of the program, those four years, you're working as a CNA or at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. You are not getting that nursing experience. You are not getting those LPN wages. Um, so, you know, for a lot of our nurses, um, just life 
needs going this way works because there's several natural breakpoints. Um, but you know, it's, it's life experience and everybody's a little bit different. And I will say that a lot of the employers that we talk to really like hiring our nurses, particularly when they get out of the ADRN program, because they have those additional years of experience behind them versus a brand new graduate out of the baccalaureate program. Very cool. Well, that's great. I appreciate you speaking to that because some people don't know it, you know, that it's even an option. And I mm -hmm. think it's good for them to know that there are different pathways and different options to get to that goal at the end. So that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, there are just all sorts of amazing job opportunities out there for LPNs. Um, a month doesn't go by when I don't have an employer emailing me saying, I need, I need nurses. Can you talk to your students? <laughs> Very cool. Very nice. Very nice. Well, good job, everybody. Hey, Jen, uh, we're getting close to the end of our, of our podcast. So we're going to start closing this up mm -hmm. um, for everybody who, who's listening. We, uh, we have Jen Briggs, uh, Briggs from uh, College Technologies, uh, College of Technologies LPM program. She's been talking to us about her experiences over 25 years of, of amazing experiences and con contribution to our program and training here. A master trainer, uh, master academic, doing fantastic work, and just gave a great, uh, some great uh, examples of what it takes and why it's important to look at this as a career path. So thank you, Jen, for joining us today. Thank you, Ms. Ray Lynn, for joining us as well. Paula, uh, another great podcast. Um, yes. we, have, uh, we have done another one and it's in the can. I'd like to see if maybe you'd like to bring this thing to a close and tell everybody good night. And yes. uh, we'll see them next week. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Gary, so much. Uh, Raylan, always a pleasure. Jen, thank you so much. Um, so if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at cetrain at isu.edu. You can uh, visit our website at cetrain.isu.edu. And you can call us at 208-282-3372. Thank you so much for joining us and everyone be safe out there.